Listen, if you're here tonight, I want to let you know we're ending our sermon series, Jesus Web. It ends tonight. So, man, I want to give you this real quick. I just want to give you this, and I put this on my notes to do it. If you have been here all three weeks of Jesus Wept, if you've been here all three weeks, I got to tell you, these sermon series, we don't just like wake up and, oh, here we go. This is gonna, No, no, no. It's like planning, prayer, discussion. Where's God leading us? Leading us where's God taking us? So when you complete a sermon series, that's like when you complete a show on Netflix. So when someone talks to you about something we've already covered, you can go, hold on, hold on, wait, hey, hey, come here, come here. I'm going to pull you to the side. That's what we do as a church. We always pull people to the side. I'm not going to call you out in public. I'm going to pull you to the side. Which church are we going to be? The, the church that says, your brother stays, or the church that says, yo, bro, come here, dog. Come here, dog. With a mint already ready, you know what I'm saying? You know, what's up, dog? How you doing, dog? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're welcome. Two types of churches. One that just say your breath stink. One that actually call you to the side. Public celebration, private correction. Call you to the side. You say, here's a mint. I got something for you. I'm not just going to call you out. Because so many Christians are so good at calling people out. The Bible says, why notice a speck of wood in someone else's eye when you got a log in your eye? So really good at calling people out, but are we going to actually give them the solution? Are we gonna actually going to walk with them? You came to the right church tonight. So if you made it through this series, I got to let you know you made it through. You made it, yo. If you've been here all three weeks of Jesus Web, can you make some noise? I want to see who you are. Can you? Come on, somebody. Let's go. We got a couple more series we're going to be doing until the year ends. If you were here for the series before Jesus Web, over my dead body, can you make some noise? Let's go. Listen, you, what you're doing is you're going through the seasons of life with the church. Stay consistent. You're going through the seasons with the church. Through the seasons. It was a bad Tuesday. I went, every, I went anyway. I got fired. I went to church anyway. Uh, something's bad happening. I'm going anyways because I, I got to be a part of what's going on. Listen, Tuesdays and nights, we're never going to stop, yo. We're never going to stop. You don't have to ask if we're having church on Tuesday. You know we're having church on Tuesday. You're playing games. Stop playing yourself. Because we ain't going nowhere. Like taxes, we ain't going nowhere. Week one, we said Jesus wept. Jesus loves us like he didn't see it coming. Jesus loves us like he didn't see pain about to hit us. And when it hits us, he comes alongside us. He says, ooh, I feel that too, but I love you and I'm with you. That was week one. We said Jesus loves you like he didn't see all the hurt coming. Because that's what Jesus does in the book of John. We've been diving into the book of John for the past three weeks. And in week one, we said, man, Jesus is so good that he actually weeps when his boy Lazarus dies. Now, if you have no idea what we're talking about, go on our podcast and catch up. But Jesus wept, so it's going to make sense later. Week two, we said, hey, God's not going to give you the entire plan. He's going to give you the step-by-step. Find peace in the pieces. God doesn't give you this big puzzle. He's just going to give you a piece. And you got to sometimes understand that prayer is really praying with a peace. Living life is living life with a peace. And not going to be frustrated that I have no control or I can find all the peace in the world knowing that God has a bigger picture in mind. It's giving away the trust. It's giving him control. Find peace in the pieces. Tonight I call this sermon. I'm not going to say it yet. The book of John chapter 11 verses 34 and 43. If you don't have a Bible... Uh, and you are starting to follow Jesus, I want to let you know you cannot follow Jesus and not have a Bible. When you follow Jesus, you pick up the Bible. It, it's 
kind of like when you like a team and you buy the jersey. So it's like saying, hey, you're a Laker fan? No, I'm a Celtics fan. Then why are you wearing a Laker jersey on? So when you are about something, it has to come with something else. And Jesus is like, yo, I believe in the Bible. I confirm the Bible. Hey, let me take it a step deeper. I complete the Bible. I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. The Bible. Invest in your relationship with God is what I'm trying to say. Anybody got a physical Bible in here? You got a physical Bible? Can you wave it in the air? Look at, look at that, the saints. And when the saints. If you got a Bible on your phone and it glows, can you sh- wave it in the air, shake it around? There we go. I love it. If you don't have a Bible, there's one behind me. It says in the book of John. Listen, so John, it, it's in the New Testament. I got to let you know where you're at. So you're kind of in the middle of your Bible. Uh, your Bible split up Old Testament, New Testament. New Testament begins with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel according to John is 90% unique than the other three gospels. He's trying to reveal this message. He's trying to pull out this truth that Jesus just isn't a man. He is Lord. He's not just a man, you know, that's of this village and born of a major and he just does cool stuff. No, he's fully God and he had to fully die and fully resurrect to fully save you and me. He's Lord of all. He's not just a man. He's Lord of all. Another message that John's trying to convey when he's writing. Remember, John's writing to the Greeks and the Romans in, in this book. It's really important to understand the context of what's going on. He's writing to Greeks with Romans kind of looking over their shoulders while the Greeks are reading this book. And John's trying to write to them, listen, Jesus is Lord. Stop following all these other weird guys. Stop saying Jesus is just a a prophet. He is Lord of all. And secondly, you need to understand the grace of God, that he loves you so much. Like like he hears your prayers like you're the only one praying. And he just talks. and, And he even calls himself, oh, John, the one that Jesus loved. Like, he's all about love. And he writes this story. It's not a story. He, re- he reports this happening of Lazarus. There's witnesses in this story that can claim to this testimony. And that's how history books are written, if you didn't know. So he, he writes. He said, wait, I, I got to let him know. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is love. I need to write about Lazarus. We've been diving into this, this story in the resurrection of Lazarus. If you've been here three weeks, you've heard this reading three times. And it says in verse 34, and we're going to take our time with it, y'all. We're going to take our time with it. Take our time. We're not just going to breeze by. That's not the church that we are. You know, it's a verse. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. They replied, Jesus wept. So Jesus shows up late on purpose. Last week, we understood why he did that. So that you may benefit. Not for my, for you. So he shows up to the place that Lazarus just died, and he weeps. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he open the eyes of the blind man, kept this man from dying? Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor. He stink a little bit, Jesus. He smelled a little like Sakote. By this time, there's a bad odor. He's been there four days, Jesus. Don't take away the stone. It's going to stink. Keep the stone. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I know you guys can't see the screen when I'm like this. I'm sorry. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. 
When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands. So we stopped last week at the dead man came out. This is where this week starts. One verse. His hands and feet wrapped with linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus says to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tonight's on that one verse. Take off those grave clothes. In other words, he's alive. But there's still some dead things wrapped around him. Stinks a little bit. Take those grave clothes off too. Because he's not in the grave anymore. Man, that should be some of y'all prayers every morning. I'm going to stop smoking because that's not me anymore. Look at yourself in the mirror. I'm going to stop doing that because that's not me anymore. Jesus says, listen, it's not enough for this guy just to be alive. And we think, oh, I'm saved, I'm saved, but I'm still struggling. It's not enough for Jesus. He says, listen, he's alive. Now take those clothes off. He looked like a mummy. He's a prince. I can smell him from over here. It's not his skin. His skin smells good. It's the clothes around him. I gave him brand new bones. I woke him up. I gave him a new vision. I gave him a new life. Take those grave clothes off because he's not from there. Pastor, why you be so mean? Isn't it enough to be saved? It's not enough for Jesus. He's alive. Now take those clothes off of him because he don't look like my son. I'm touching it. You think God just wants you to be alive and be in chains? Y'all with me? Tonight's about truth and love, and honesty. We're trying to raise our hands, and there's like weights on them because the decisions that we make. And we think God's resurrection power isn't real. No, you just got cloth around your arm. God, I can't hear you. There's cotton in your ears. God, I can't see you. There's a blindfold to the things that you are still going back to. Take those clothes off so that he doesn't only live, but he lives life to the fullest and freedom as a representative of a kingdom of seen. He's a representative. He's an ambassador of a kingdom that is unseen. That's my sons and daughters. Because I'm strong enough to save you, but the clothes coming off, see, that's something you got to do. Listen, what's the point of being alive while smelling like death? What's the point of being alive while looking literally like the, the walking dead? Listen, don't settle for grave clothes. You're called to something bigger. Don't settle for the grave. You're up from there. Stop looking like it. Because Jesus calls you up. Not only is Jesus in the, in the business of bringing people to life, but he's also in the business of calling people to more. You're healed. Go sin no more. Here we go. Like, let's move forward. I love the prodigal son story in Luke. Jesus tells it. It's not a real story. It's a parable, meaning it's a manly story with like a heavenly message. You guys with me? 
tells a parable of the prodigal son, a son who leaves off into the foreign lands. He wastes all of his dad's inheritance. He ends up eating pig food in a, in a pen with pigs. And the Bible says he comes to his senses. He runs back home because his father is a king. And he says, my father's servants are living better than I am right now. He runs home. As he runs home, his dad wasn't sitting on his throne. He's like, when's this knucklehead going to get home? His, his father, and this is Jesus telling the story, how, how much the father loves you. The father is looking for the son. He's waiting. And as he sees the son from a long way, he runs down the castle. This is the gospel. Jesus being sent to earth. He runs down the castle. Jesus running through the cosmos. He runs down the road. Jesus coming to the earth. And he meets him. And now not only does he say, welcome home, son. He says, yo, I got a new robe for you. Read the Bible. I got a ring for you. There's a covenant going on. And you see in the Bible, the father, Jesus is telling the story. The father covers him with, with, with robes of a king. Puts a ring on his finger. Throws a party. <laughs> That's the love of the father for you. Not just to bring you home, but to change your outfit. Not just to bring you in the house, but to keep all that junk that smells like the mess you came from. He welcomes him home. See, it's tonight. Jesus wants to save you. That's my next idea. He wants to save you. So he died on the cross, and now his blood covers everyone. Whoever believes in that blood believes in Jesus, for him being who he says he is, will not die but have everlasting life. They will not die here on this earth and, and die forever, hell. They will go into a, to a kingdom unseen, heaven, and they'll, and they'll live forever in the glory of God and come in, you know, revelation, hello. So Jesus wants to save you, and you're one step away from being saved. Do you understand that? So he's calling out. His blood covers everyone, but it's your decision to become a faithful believer. It's faith that activates belief. You guys with me? So everyone is, so, so, so Jesus wants to save me because he can't? No. He's already died for you. All those who believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. But not only does Jesus want to save you, Jesus wants to save you and set you free. Don't stop there, church. Jesus doesn't only want to save you. He wants you to take off the clothes and lay them down with the person that died when you said yes. You see, everyone, here's my next question. Everyone, everyone wants to be alive, but how many people really want to be set free? Everyone wants to be alive, but do you really want to be set free? Do you, re do you really want to let those things go? Because if you do, I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever know. But I'll tell you, if I could do it, you can do it. What? Man, you could do it. I promise you could do it. I ain't no saint. I got a crazy story. Maybe you can sit here all night and you'll be like, yo, this guy's my leader. Grace is real. I'll be like, yeah, dog, we're here. Because I'm out of it, I get to expose it and stand on it and say, look how good God is. Do you really want to be free, though? Verse 44, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped, the strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes. Here's grave clothes. Definition of grave clothes. Anything that is attached to the grave that you came out of. What's grave clothes? Let's really talk about it then. Let's talk about it. Don't let the cat out the bag. 
What's grave clothes? Anything that is attached to the grave that you came out of. Can I tell you, your grave clothes looks different than my grave clothes. Because what killed me didn't kill you. You see, the enemy attacks you in a different way. So your clothes look a little different than mine. So just because you don't look like me doesn't mean you got grave clothes that, you, that, that don't exist. You got it. You just got to let them go. And it might look different than mine, but it's still the same thing that we're walking away from. That's grave clothes. Anything that is attached to the grave that you came out of. What, what is Jesus calling you to? What, what is he calling you out of? Listen, let it go. Let it go. Lay those things down. Choose Jesus. Here, here's one of the, here's the, can I, church, can I, can I really preach right now? If y'all here tonight and God is already speaking, can you make noise and give him praise in this place? God is in this room. Here, here's what, here's a scary, a, a scary ple- a piece of grave clothing. I, I really don't like this one. And it's this, it's a worldview. Here's what's scary about a worldview. It's right here. So, so, so we, we died and we come back to life and we're resurrected, but our mind is still in the grave. Worldview. That's, a, that's grave clothes right there. A bad worldview. I, I love what Andrew said earlier. It's, it's, the Holy Spirit is moving all night tonight. I, I, I love what he said. It, it, come on, guys. Like, a worldview, how you view politics changes when you meet Jesus. And, and the way Andrew said it was, per, it was like, so take the risk, and if you take the risk, see what happens. When you take the risk, and Jesus shows up in your life, now he's real. The Bible comes to life, his spirit comes inside of you, and a regular ride home isn't a ride home. You can call for like, the presence of God right there in that car ride, and you can just feel his presence right there where you're at. Sometimes we, we, we keep the worldview of the grave while trying to walk in the view of Jesus. Take a risk. Because listen, when you fi- find out he's real, everything is going to change. Your politics, your view on policies is going to change. Your view on morals, your view on values, your view on decisions, your view on truth. There is an absolute truth. Your view on sin will change. Sin is a definition of something that's unhealthy for you and everyone around you, and God says it is. The, the worldview, the worldview. You see, and then, so I'm in the side right here. How you doing, Sabrina? Yo, we in the Hope Center. We back. Can I get, we back? Sorry to that side. We'll get you next week. Somebody really just jaked me. They didn't give me a five. This is my home, Kimmy. This is my home, Kimmy. <laughs> I'll play with it. Y'all here tonight? Somebody say, we back. I don't know why I did that. Honestly, this is what happens when you give an ADD guy the microphone. So here's what I believe. Okay, this is where I was. So I'm, I'm there worshiping. And I begin to speak in tongues while I worship. And let me tell you, right now off the bat, that's against the worldview. They don't understand it. They don't understand it. Right there is something that's super holy, super biblical, and sometimes in the wrong perspective, super weird. And I don't think the Holy Spirit weird. I think people's weird, and then we just say he's weird. <laughs> so 
I'm going off in the spirit. And I thought to myself, man, people, if they see me, they're really going to be distracted. Especially people who don't understand anything. They're just like, what the heck is going on? And here's the truth. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I walked like a, to- a child. I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I set childish things away. When you meet Jesus, you just grew up a little bit. When you meet Jesus... I used to act that way. I used to talk like a child. I used to fight anger. I used to, you know, repay evil with evil. But now, I got different clothes on. I got a man's suit on. I'm not going to run around in the dark. I'm a man of God. Watch my suit get dusty, boy. You see the difference in perspective between a child and a man. You see the difference. That's the same difference between the world and the church of Jesus. Children look at adults and sometimes don't even understand what they're saying. And our job, you know what our job is to do? Our job is to be the church that's always bringing people in and walking alongside them in this journey. That's our job. But here's the problem. When we try to bring people alongside our journey and we have the wrong worldview, when we try to say, hey, there's more to life and we, we haven't even experienced the more, how can you take people to a place you've never been before? And I can imagine looking at people and saying, didn't God save you? Why are you still dead? I thought you were a dead man. You acting like that again? I thought God brought you out of that. I promise, I walk around, I see dead people walking all the time. I'm like, what the? I be on Instagram, I'm like, dead, 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 dead. And I'm not judging, there's the spirit that's saying, yo, you should look a little different. Because you are sons and daughters of a living king. And if you believe that, can you give God some praise in this house? Come on, anybody, a child of God. I got a new name. I got a new shirt. I got grace on me. I got mercy on me. I can walk away from that because I'm a child of God. Get those grave clothes off me. They stink a little bit. Number one, worldview, that's grave clothes. Number two, you know another form of grave clothes is the flesh. The flesh. Can we talk about the flesh one time tonight? Next idea. The enemy of the flesh is the spirit. Carlos, stand up. Uh, walk over there. Chris, stand up. Walk over there. I'm sorry, but Carlos, you're flesh. Uh, you're the spirit. So sorry. There has to be a Judas, right? Anyways. So, he's the flesh. And every day you got to make a choice. Am I going to move closer to my flesh? Or am I going to move closer to the spirit? With your conversations, right? So when you wake up and you go straight to Instagram and you go straight to BuzzFeed and you go straight to sports and you wonder why you're anxious and you go straight to that music, it's just dope. I like it too. But I don't go to that first. I wake up, I say, oh, what a day. Jesus, thank you for waking me up. Thank you. I'm in the shower, I got the playlist on. I'm like, oh, there's a hunger. Because I sound better in the shower. And I'm putting my clothes on. I'm like, I'm no longer. Y'all with me tonight? And every, and you wonder why you come to church and you feel like you're all the way over here. You're saved, but you're not feeling that. Nothing's happening. It's because you stay, you hang with this guy too long. He's a great guy. The girl who's saying hunger, that's her husband, so hello. You say that right there. And, and you wonder why you're not set free. Because you're leaning to the flesh. 
as much as we try to make it seem like Christianity is this huge gray box of grace. <laughs> that was the spirit because I didn't have that in my notes. That Christianity is just one gray box of, of grace. No, it, it's black and it's white. It's black and white. Spirit and flesh. And those who live in the spirit will die in the flesh. Those who live in the flesh will die in the flesh. And those who live in the spirit will never die. Stay there. Stay there. Can I prove it to you? This is the gospel according to John, chapter 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he abides with you and will be in you. So there's the flesh and there's the spirit. And God is calling you to a life in the spirit. That's what I'm telling you. We're on this wave of like seeking God like never before. Anybody else on the wave? We're all on like this crazy vibe, like, God, you're the only thing that matters. Like, you're it. You're it. Every day I'm going to seek you. Every day I'm going to stay in the word. I need more word in me. I'm not going to be the type of person that gets filled and pours out, gets filled and poured out. I'm going to pour out because I'm overflowed. God is doing so much in my life. It's just affecting the people around me. We're going on this consecration road. You know what I'm saying? Like, every day, like, spirit speaks to me. You're real. You're not just speaking on Tuesdays. You're speaking on Wednesdays. You're speaking on Thursdays. Every single day, the Holy Spirit is alive. And my hope group, one of my homies, he put me to the side and said, hey, bro, listen, when you picture God everywhere, you can see him in anything. When you, when you see him in everything, you can picture him anywhere. He told me he was praying. He saw that he felt like Jesus was right next to him in the car. He's crying. And he's like, God is here in this room. Who are you going to be? Are you going to seek the spirit? Can I, can I give you this picture? I was in Aruba uh, a couple years ago, and I'm on this ATV, and your pastor almost died. I, was just, I, felt like I, was, I felt like I was Meek Mill. I'm riding down, and then some of that just went right over your heads. And then there's this fork in the road, and I have a decision. I'm, I'm going like 40 on this thing. No shirt on. I'm, I'm crazy. I'm going nuts. That vacation. Anybody had that vacation before? You know what I'm saying? Like that vacation. No one. Okay, no one goes out. Whatever. Okay, so there's two. <laughs> so there's there's two paths, and I'm on my ATV, and I'm going so fast. Someone say so fast. Someone say so fast. I'm going so fast, I can't make a decision. I'm not lying to you. I go straight into a patch of cacti, and Aruba is dry. This cactus. Three days later, I'm taking a shower. I still feel like, ah, just spike, just flicking it. My brother thought I died. My sister thought I died. We had to pull the ATV out. Like, it was one of those moments. I was going so fast. I'm not lying to you. Nobody judge me. Everyone's going to judge me, whatever. I get to this point. It was literally like a movie, and I, I suck. I, it, God, I'm alive because of God. I'm driving literally so fast. Cacti. Stop saying cactuses. Cacti. I'm telling you, I saw the fork. I was going too fast. I let go of the wheel. And I do this. I said, don't judge me. My ATV hits the first one, tilts in, and I fly upside down. I'm literally upside down in a bush of cacti. Everyone thought I died. I was bleeding, had scratches. I took a picture. I, I'll show it next week. I took a picture. I stood on the, on the ATV. I was like, yeah, I survived. I was like, you're an idiot, bro. 
this is this is your walk with Jesus. Here's my next idea. Don't let your flesh paralyze your walk. Can we go back to the picture? Oh, you're still there. You guys are amazing. You know what I'm doing before I do it. God, it's, it's either like I go here or I go there. It's either the spirit or the flesh. And me not making a decision is still making a decision. Because if I never choose, I still die. Don't let your flesh paralyze your walk. Don't let flesh get in the way of your breakthrough. Don't, don't let this worldview get in the way of what God wants to do in the real you. Because God, he's calling you to so much more. Man, yeah, you got Jesus. You're alive. I get that. And if you don't, that's going to change in a couple minutes. We love you. Welcome home. But, but if, you, if, you, if you made this decision before to be a follower of Jesus and you still got stuff on you that literally reminds you of who you used to be, you got to let that thing go. Eighth scrap. Put it on your notes. Stop doing blank. Because my actions, this is for somebody, my actions are directly connected to what I actually believe. So I might be alive but my view is all gone. Romans 8, this verse is to the moment. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Pastor, I can't stop doing it because your mind is set on it. In other words, come here, Carlos. You're trying to walk to the spirit with the flesh in front of you. Those who live according to the flesh, so me and this guy are like homies. According to the flesh, whenever I want to do it, it happens. Whatever I think, I say it. I don't process anything. There's no spirit. There's no wisdom. There's no discernment. I'm hurting people. I'm, I'm, I'm living this, this crazy life. My actions, my family, they, they see me. I can't be real with everybody because they'll judge me. I'm, I'm not real because I judge myself. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on what the flesh desires. So you're looking at the spirit with the view of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit. Come here, bro. Go in front of me. Sorry. I'll hug you later. Those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So they see the flesh with this filter of the Spirit. So you say, okay, I see why you're going out every Friday night to get this attention. But can I tell you what attention looks like on this side? It looks like understanding that God has his eyes on you and that he loves you. And uh, you can get a thousand I love you good night from a thousand men, but one whisper from the Lord will set you up for the rest of your life. Those who live according with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. So put that picture back up. So when I follow this guy, he's actually going to lead me to the left path. Because if my mind is with him, I just made a decision. Go back to the verse. Stay there, Bobby. But those 
whose mind is governed by the flesh, they lead, that, that path leads to death. But the mind governed by the spirit, put it up, put the picture up, is life and peace. And that question is for you tonight. God's got some grave clothes he's exposing. Okay, we're going to take it off. We're going to take off this worldview. We're going to take off the flesh. But can I tell you that you cannot just eliminate. You've got to replace it. You cannot. It doesn't exist. Something sits in the throne of your heart. There's no elimination. There's only a replacement. Oh, sorry for the back. So, so you think, you think, you think that when you say yes to Jesus, nothing else can happen. All the fun went out the door. All the pleasure went out the door. All the, all the fun went right out the door when I said yes to Jesus. No, 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 no. What, what you're seeing is there's nothing in the throne. So you just eliminated it, but you forgot to replace it. Put Jesus in the throne of your heart. Put the spirit as number one in your life.